0: faith. How many of you have been blessed by this, this series of teachings? I'm serious. How many of you have been blessed by it? Has it made a difference in your understanding and in your life? Huh? All right. So I'm going to continue. Amen? <laughs> this is the second volume, the word faith, volume two. What's about is understanding the various shades of the meanings of the word faith as used in the Bible. Message number four. The word faith in the New Testament, number seven. Is that correct? Amen. In the New Testament, and I mean, I've given a lot of uh, uh, reviews in the past. Amen. We have seen what that word, how faith as a concept, has been uh, presented in the Old Testament. Is that correct? I wouldn't go back into that, but, and also we've gone to look at how it was presented in the New Testament. In the New Testament, it was presented in the forms of both the noun and the verb. Amen? Both the noun and the verb form, faith and belief. And, And we say that in the New Testament, there are at least four shades of meanings of the word faith. Each shade of meaning presents the word faith in a context that makes sense for that context. And if you move one sense of a meaning into another realm, you have confusion. And if you understand faith only in in the context of one, you will not understand all the others. Are you following? For instance, what was the first in the New Testament? One shade of meaning in the New Testament? Faith as a religious profession. Many places in the New Testament, the word faith is used in that context. Is that correct? As saying that somebody is in the faith, or you're praying that somebody does not fall from, from the faith. For instance, give me, give me First Timothy. Let me give you another scripture. There are tons of scripture. We just looked at a few. We're looking at faith as a religious profession. Is that correct? So just give me First Timothy chapter 4 let's see what he says there. That's one of the places the word faith is used, amen, as uh, a religious profession. But the Spirit explicitly says that in latter times, some will fall away from where? The faith. Did you notice that? Amen. Paying attention to the civil spirits and what doctrines of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars, seared in their conscience as with a hot iron. Amen? And so on and so forth. But the point I'm making there is that faith as a religious profession is a faith you can fall away from. You can only fall away from it because it's faith in the context of a religious religious profession or religious uh, 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 vocation. And in in that context, the word faith is used as uh, to describe the fact that a certain individual or group of people have come to accept what the Bible has said about God and his Son, especially the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. Are you following? That Jesus is the Son of God, and that he's only way to God, and that by his death and finished work on the cross, only by his death and finished work on the cross, can a soul be saved or come into salvation? Are you following? So that's in summary what it means, what the faith is. Is about Jesus as the Christ. And those who have come to believe that are said to be in the faith. October 14, 2010, somebody came into the faith. Is that what the testimony said? Yes. Amen. I you know what? He exercised faith to be able to come into the faith. But there's a difference between the faith he exercised and the faith he came into. Are, are, you, are you getting it? Okay, praise the Lord. So if you came into the faith, you can also fall into faith. Don't listen to those who say, once saved, always saved. That's one of the scriptures against that. Are you following? So f- this faith as a religious profession, faith that people can step into and live in and people can Fallout of, Amen. All right, and there are many other places. We saw some of it. it the Christianity is called the household of what faith, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. There are many scriptures. So number two, second shade of meaning is faith as what a fruit of the Holy Spirit, most appropriately known as what faithfulness. Are you all following? Uh-huh. Uh huh. The First shade of meaning you can't call that faithfulness. No. It's more of an entity where people can get into. Amen. This second one is faith as a, a, a fruit of God that the Holy Spirit brings into you to cultivate as a lifestyle, as an attribute of God. And more, that is more of a character attribute known as what? Faithfulness. Does anybody follow? Mm-hmm. Known as faithfulness. And that, you, there are two parts to it. Um, y- it's you being, having that cultured attribute whereby you r- rely on God. You're able to rely on God on a continuing level. You found th- and that's trustworthiness. You find God trustworthy, that you can depend or rely on Him on a regular basis. Without interruption. If you fall, you rise up, and they uh, trust you still. That's trustfulness. It's a part of a side of faithfulness. The other side of faithfulness is trustworthiness, meaning that God and others can also rely on you. You so cultivate that character that people find you reliable or dependable. Is that clear? That the third shade of meaning of faith. You see how each shade is different from the other. But they are governed by the same word, faith. Are you all following? Okay. And in that faithfulness, you learn to, the one we just talked about, you, you learn to entrust unto the hand of God. And after you entrust, that's the moment you take something and you entrust into God's hand. And then after you do that, what do you do? Anybody? After you entrust, come on now, don't act like we've not said that. After you entrust, I say there are two ways you can trust God with things. You what? Entrust, E-N-T-R-U-S-T. I said it. And after you entrust, you continue to trust. What was the example I used? The bank. Right? Thank you. You take money to the bank, to the counter. What do you do? You entrust the money into their hand. You say, check. You entrust it into their hand. Is that correct? After you do that and they give you whatever they give you, or even ATM machine, that's how it, much it is now. You don't even have to go to the counter. You drive by. You entrust the check into the ATM machine. He asks you if you want receipt. You said yes, you press receipt. He gives you receipt. What do you do? You go home, you drive out. When you are going home, what is your mindset? How many of you have dropped money in the ATM machine and begin to ask whether they took it or not take it? How many of you? See, these things are easy to, to really realize. You drive off. In fact, before you used to be a human being, you drive off. And somebody called you, Did you go to the bank? Yeah, I dropped the money already. And you never question Did the machine get it or not? The only time we have doubt is when it comes to God. Have you noticed that? That's the only time. So when you drive off, you're trusting, you entrusted in order that you may continue what? Trust guess how I know. Four days after you go back to the bank, you want to do, take money from that. In fact, some of you won't wait till evening of the same day, that's why you trust in that you kept your money. Is that clear now? You practice that regularly. In fact, I, I'm old school. My daughter sometimes I say oh, I'm going to I say, "Daddy, bring the check here." They took a picture and blah, blah blah. I say he did. They say yes. So I'm still old school. I want to get there see the guy. So if the money is not there, I hold him by his collar. I say, what's happened to my money? <laughs> Praise God. Is that clear? All right. Every one of these kind of faith is interesting. You know what have happened? All the believer knows is faith. Believe God. He received something. No, that's not the only. And that's why people have confusion about faith. And that's why our faith is not complete. Because these two I have talked about will, ins- will make the other one strength. So it's strong. And the next one I'm going to teach. So the third one was faith as a what? Come on. Faith as what? Faith as an apprehending and appropriating faculty. Spirit faculty. Is that correct? Uh-huh. Or faith as a pair of spirit, as a set of spirit sense organs. Is that correct? All right. In other words, faith is the spiritual equivalent of the physical senses. So, this faith is the most commonest shade of meaning of the word faith in the Bible, and is the most commonest of the faith we talk about, both in the Old and in the New Testament. So this faith is not faith as a religious profession. It's not faith as, f- as um, what do you call it, as a as a, 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 a fruit of the spirit. It's faith as a an apprehending and appropriating spirit faculty, with which the soul can do what: apprehend and appropriate what spiritual realities. Does anybody follow? Mm? So. It, it, it's faith as a pair of eyes, faith as a spirit pair of eyes, faith as a spirit pair of ears, faith as a tongue of mouth, it's all in my book, faith as a pair of nostrils, spirit realm, faith as a, s- a, you know, a, a field that we treat, you can feel something in the, uh, in the atmosphere. Let me give you a few examples. So faith can be seen as a pair of glasses. You know, there are times your natural eyes are dim. Huh? There are certain things, size of words you can't see anymore. Is that correct? But when you put a pair of glasses, what happens? They are clear. So in li- likewise, our physical eyes can't see spiritual things. But when we put a pair of glasses known as faith, we see the spiritual things. Same thing with hearing aid. Faith can be compared to a pair of hearing aid. There are things you can't hear ordinarily, but when you put a hearing aid, you pick every bit of it. Is that correct? That's how faith works. Are you all following? And then we say, Pastor, how about smell? Yes, faith can smell. Faith is a perceptive sensory organ that can smell. For instance, you can smell the presence of the Holy Spirit. Not in the sense of something, you know the smell of the Holy Spirit, but just sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Amen? How about mouth? The, ba- the psalmist said, test and see. That the Lord is good. The Lord is somebody you can taste. Have feed on the Lord. Have a taste of the Lord. You say, how about faith as a skin and body? Let me give you an example. Do you know that uh, if I bring in, you see these monitors, right? See these monitors. Okay. They are not receiving ABC, CBS, nothing. You know why? Because they are not connected to a TV set. If you connect them to a TV set, immediately (coughs) you see pictures there. You hear broadcasts. You know why? You know why? Okay. Maybe because you may be thinking that, oh, when they brought the monitor, oh, then they brought the waves. No, the waves were here. Let me give you a, another example. Are we hearing any broadcast 1010 winds here na- now? No. If I bring in a transistor radio and turn it on, guess what? You will hear it. It wasn't the radio set that bro- brought in the waves, the sound waves. No. The sound waves were here, but there was no antenna to pick them up. That's how faith is. When your faith is raised up, it can pick things in the spirit realm. Does anybody follow? Okay. <laughs> now, let me give you an example I gave in my book I've given you over the time. this appropriating faith, apprehending faith, for instance... For instance, and and here's what God showed me years ago when I was writing the book. He says to me, if men can see money in a debit card with their physical eyes, he said, then their faith can see anything in the Bible. Is that true? (laughs) If you're an adult, unless you're somebody, a child like um, Ryan. Now, if I give Ryan a debit card... You know what he will do? He will look at it, he will do this to it, do that to it. He does it again, you better take it from him. Because he's going to break it, right? Because to him, what is he saying? What is he dealing with? Just a piece of plastic. Huh? It becomes a toy. That's how some Christians treat the word of God. They don't know what to do with it because their faith is not activated. So they do the Bible that way, do it that way, do it that way, and then it becomes a toy. When they want to go to sleep, they put it under the pillow. Or they put it in the shelf. First time I received a gift of a Bible, years ago, I was a teenager, I put it on the shelf. Each time I look at it, I say, wow, I have a Bible on my shelf too. Are you following? But if you choose to give an adult that card, you better lock the door. Why? Because the adult is seeing money right through that card. That's how faith works. Are you following? When I give an adult a debit card, you want to tell me he's still seeing plastic? No. The only time he looks at the plastic is when he's making a purchase. They say, What's the number? He looks at the plastic. Otherwise, he doesn't look at the plastic. He puts it back. Are you all following? So, a mature Christian sees the Word of God. He has the Word of God. He knows there's something there. That's appropriating faith. That's apprehending faith and appropriating faith. So, apprehending faith and appropriating faith is faith with which the soul uses to apprehend. To apprehend means to recognize, identify. You know, we listed all those things. Is that correct? Identify, recognize, and so on and so forth. Perceive. Invisible things, things that are invisible to the physical senses. Is that clear? And to appropriate it is after he sees it or recognizes or identifies it, he lays hold on it and takes it onto himself. That's appropriating. That's exactly what this faith does as a pair of sense organs. And we've been talking about what this faith does. And there are a lot of things we said about it. For instance, every believer has it. Uh, and secondly, it always triggers belief. That's the faith that triggers belief, and that's the faith with which you receive things and experience things. So the main functions are apprehension and uh, appropriation. Is that correct? That's a major function, but there's another function which I, we are going to see as we go a- along. So we are dealing with the function of apprehension first. So what are the things you could apprehend? Number one, the divine presence of God. Is that correct? Number two? The non-divine persons, or n- uh, the non-divine persons of Satan, demons, angels, all persons that are naturally invisible, it is by faith you can apprehend them and appropriate them. Or, if they are ones you are not supposed to appropriate, like Satan and his demons and fallen angels, you use faith to kick them out. When you see them, you exercise belief to rout them out. Number three, did we do number three? Yes, without with faith, what do we do? God's purposes. We apprehend God's purposes and what? Plans. Amen. Go with me. Um, yeah, God's purposes and plans. We dealt with that. Is that correct? All right. So l- let's look at the next set of things that faith apprehends and appropriates gracious provisions. Wow. You were like this. Did you hear me? Apart from apprehending spirit persons, like divine persons or non-divine spirit persons, by this faith, the soul appropri, apprehends and appropriates God's purposes and plans for you or for your nation or for your family. Are you following? See, if you don't recognize and exercise this faith, you will lose out on a lot of things. All the faiths we're looking at are important. And n- one does not take the place of the other. Now, if all you want to do is to exercise this type of faith and you're not faithful, you do yourself in. Amen? Okay. Praise the Lord. And if you're faithful, you better make use of this faith. Amen? So, now we are going to look at what? Gracious, gracious purposes. With this faith, gracious provision, with this faith, you are able to apprehend and appropriate all of the gracious provisions God has offered you. Everything that God had in and through Jesus on the cross, appointed for you, made available for you, are are known as what? Grace. And they are meant to be apprehended and appropriated by only one means. Not by works, not by lust, but by faith. Do you understand? Now, if you don't use your faith, you will know that Jesus has provided everything. God has in Christ provided everything for you. But without faith, you can't see it. You can't hear them. You can't taste them. You can't feel them. You can't smell them. And guess what? Ultimately, you can't appropriate them. Meaning, you can never, you will never experience them. You will not bring them to manifestation. And for that purpose, you will not Experience them, so it's important that you understand this. Are you following gracious provisions of God? Let's look at a few examples in the Bible, both Genesis and both Old Testament and New Testament. Let's look at Genesis fifteen, for instance. Let's look at some guy who used faith to to uh, uh, apprehend what and the appropriate what God has for him. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram. In a vision. What's Abraham's nickname in the Bible? Father of many nations. That's one of the uh, nicknames or one of the alliances. What's another one? Don't worry. It doesn't have as many as uh, the flesh. The father of faith. Okay. The father of faith. Let's see. So if there's anybody to look at for anything, it's the father of that thing. (laughs) Amen? After this thing, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, Do not fear, Abraham. I am a shield to you. Your reward. Listen, these are invisible things. Is that correct? Your reward shall be what? Very great. (laughs) Abraham said, oh, Lord God, what will you give me? You know why Abraham is saying what he's saying there? Because he has been walking with the eyes of the flesh and ears of the flesh. And God is now mentioning to him the invisible things that he had in store for him that he could not see. By natural senses. That's what made him to go to Hagar and made him to get Ishmael. And if you don't let your faith walk, you will end up with Hagar. And you will beget Ishmael. Oh dear Lord, save us from all the Ishmaels we had begotten in our lives. For just not allowing our faith to walk. And I'm talking about God's people. I'm not talking about unbelievers. Huh? Okay. Unbelievers are meant to have Ishmael. The problem is when a believer goes and begets Ishmael. That's the problem. Are you all following? Ishmael is the natural descendant of an unbeliever. Unless you don't like what I'm saying. Alright. Abraham said, oh Lord God, what will you give me? You notice that? God has given you everything. Now he's asking, is that not what we do as modern believers? After the cross we praying, God, do this. God, give me that. Give me that. Give me this. What will you give me? Since I'm childless. And the heir of my household is Eliezer. Before Ishmael, he adopted Eliezer. <laughs> we don't talk much about Eliezer. Even though he was a good guy. But that wasn't God's plan for him. Amen, Amen? Moving on. That does not mean that adoption is wrong. No, adoption is biblical. Are you following? But that wasn't Abraham's need at the time he did. See, sometimes we do good things with a heart of unbelief. Adoption is 100% biblical. But in whatever you do, you do by faith. You notice he didn't adopt Eliza by faith. It's like what they call half-for-do, half-for-do. What can a guy do? (laughs) Amen? Praise the Lord. The problem is not with adoption. It's with the spirit. Moving on. Three, and Abraham said, since you have given no offspring to me, and when we don't have faith, we accuse God. Because we are looking at the physical. We begin to accuse God. God, look at me. I came to this country 25 and a half years ago. I'm still walking on my barefoot. I see if you walk on another person's barefoot. What's wrong with you? Whose barefoot do you want to walk on? Or you don't want to walk on barefoot? Okay, drive your car through your door and go inside your house. <laughs> I see I've given no offspring to me. One, <laughs> one born in my house is my heir. Amen? Sometimes, because we don't get, okay, now anything can do. Now let's make money. No, that's not what God has for you. Next four. Listen, then behold, the word of the Lord came to him. God has speak, you know, spoken, you. he didn't pay attention. Did you notice that? God spoke at the beginning of the verse, he didn't hear that. Is that not how, how we are? He heard the sound, but now, it's, now he's hearing. Are you following? And what is the word that came? This man will not be your heir. Which man? Eliezer. But one who will come forth from your own body shall be your heir. And notice, he didn't say your son. It will not be your son. You can go ahead and adopt him. But I have an heir for you. It's like even when, um, what's his name? Ishmael came. He was not to inherit. At the end, he didn't get the heir. He got gifts. Is that true? Okay. Amen? Next. And he took him outside. Oh, dear Lord, the day God gave me this revelation on this scripture was a new day for me. He took him outside and said, Now, look where? Towards the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to count them. Mm-hmm. He took him, if he said count the stars, there's no question that was at night. And I guess at the mid, middle of the night, when people get worried the most, you don't see stars in the daytime, especially in New York, if you're living in New York. Huh? When we were growing up, we used to uh, take these things for granted. Because every time in the night, you look up the stars everywhere. We used to hunt for the moon. Is that correct? The moon didn't appear every day. We used to make competition. Who will see the moon first? When the moon comes, it's a celebration every month. And then you know what that means? Our parents will let us stay out late. And play with sand and everything. Oh, God, Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. We didn't know 10 o'clock. We didn't know 11 o'clock. We will play. The biggest plays We are done at night. Praise the Lord. We play soccer at night. Amen. And he took him outside and said, Now look toward the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to count them. Did you notice that? Next verse, he said to him, So shall what? Your descendants be. The one that says he has no son is now counted, as to count his children. You know that those stars have been there all along. And Abraham was complaining. So God, what God did was to help his faith, quicken his faith. Does anybody follow? Huh? God. All God needed to do, God didn't go to work. I had my servant crying, he has no child. Let me go and make children for him. Children, come out, come out, children. God, get to give me children. Make children, whether they can come or not. No, God doesn't work that way. He had children waiting for you. Anything you are going to ask for tonight, God has them ready. All God did with Abraham is to ask him, open your eyes. He opened, he said, look at the stars and count them. If you can count them, so shall your descendants be. All God was doing is to quicken Abraham's faith. So when Abraham looked up, he apprehended all of his children. The first one, in the physical, was Isaac. but the first one, the real first one in the spirit, was Jesus. That's why he said, "Your father, Abraham, saw my day, and he rejoiced. That's what Jesus was referring to. In the New Testament, right? He was arguing with the Jews. They say, "You don't know Abraham, my father, how old are you?" It's because he told him before Abraham was, I am. They, say, they took stone. They say this boy is not even up to fifty years, and Abraham was ancient, the patriarch. They said, let, let. they said you have a demon. They told him clearly. They say you say I have a demon. They say your father Abraham saw my day, and he rejoiced. He just, I believe that's what the Holy Spirit told me. Jesus was referring to this incident. Because that's, Jesus is the star of all the stars. Yeah. W- uh, how did they discover where he was, where he was when they, the three wise men came? Oh. They traced a star. A star. <laughs> and guess what? The rest of us, his younger brothers and sisters, are stars. Ah. Abraham saw all of us. Oh Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I don't have that, that spot on Hollywood Avenue in California, Los Angeles. Where they put stars and you put your name. No, I don't have that. But here's my own. It's in heaven. It's not on earth. Does anybody follow? So that's apprehending faith at work. After he apprehended. And when you have apprehending faith, and use apprehending faith, don't let the appropriating side of faith go. Are you following? After he apprehended, he called Sarah. Instead of saying, but my womb and ovaries are all dried up. It didn't matter at that time. Everyone would say, me too, my body is dried up. But I've seen something. Uh. Okay, you didn't get that. Did you get it? So do you see apprehending faith there? His eyes open to see not what God is going to do, but what God has done and it hasn't stopped for him. Do you understand? So are there provision? Aha, uh-huh. he wanted children. And... We're not talking about purposes and plans now, but the major thing, there is provision. Is that correct? Romans 4, quickly. Romans 4, amen. Romans 4, 15 to 18, quickly. Romans 4, 15 to 18. Let's look at that. For the law brings about wrath, but where there is no law, there's also no violation. Go ahead. For this reason, it is by what? Faith. In order that he may be in accordance with what? Grace. All that faith apprehends and appropriates is what? Grace. Are you all following? Grace is that package of God's uh, uh, purposes, plans, and provisions for us. Is that correct? Which he himself is a chief. is the biggest thing there. With which God gives us to strengthen us, to bless our lives. Is that correct? So, so it is by faith in order that it may be in accordance with grace so that the promise will be guaranteed to all. Listen to this. If anything is received, receivable by faith, it is because that thing is what? Grace. The only way to receive grace is faith. So all the provisions you need for life and godliness, God has provided them and God did something else. He put faith in your heart so that you be able to apprehend it. And did what? Appropriate it to change your life. Amen? All right, go to 18. But also, the, okay, we go, go back. What verse did we leave? read? For this reason it is by faith, in order that it might be in accordance with what? Grace, so that the promise, the promise to Abraham, will be guaranteed to who? who? All. You see that? The same way Abraham appropriated and what he appropriates, that's the same way we are going to appropriate. Grace. Amen? Not only to those who are of the law, that's the biological descendants, natural descendant, but also to those who are of faith, of the faith of Abraham, that's the spiritual descendants. Amen? Who is the father of who? Us all. Next, as it is written, a father of many nations... I have made you. That's the purpose. In the presence of him whom he believed, even God, who does what? Who gives life to the dead and calls into being the things which do, does not what? Exists. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's go to Matthew 8, verse 5 to 10. Quickly, Matthew 8, 5 to 10. Let's look. We are looking at examples. Can I suggest this to you? Every miracle in the Bible, Old and New Testament, was first apprehended, uh, was first a purpose of God, a plan of God, a provision of God that was apprehended by what? Faith. And appropriated by what? Belief. So if you know of any miracle in the Bible, the faith that was at work there was apprehending and appropriating faith. I could say this and move on to the next thing. But let's just look at a, a few examples. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring him, listen to that, and saying, Lord, my servant is what? Paralyzed at home. Fearfully what? Tormented. Did you hear that? That was a prayer. That was a prayer. Is that correct? My servant is sick. And he has not told Jesus what to do yet. Are okay, you following? But Jesus interjected him. That's how quick God is to offer us what we need. Jesus didn't let the man finish the prayer. Go back to verse five, and I'll show you. Jesus interjected the man. <laughs> and what's the point of that? Why am I emphasizing that? God is much more willing to have us to let us have take what He has for us than we are even fast enough to ask. So when you are praying, don't even think that God is so slow or hard that you have to pound Him and change God. Some of you, if God were not God, you will have bent Him over his back would have been hurting by now. Because you're pounding, pounding. It's like you're coming to this hard guy. No. He has the things in stock. Watch what happened there? I, I got this years ago. When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring him, listen to that, and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. He only presented a complaint. He hasn't asked for anything. Notice that. Next verse. Jesus said, you notice the interjection. He hasn't made the prayer, he just told Jesus the story. Are you getting the message? He knows what we need. He, and he has made provision. All we need to do is to let our faith kick in. And we are persuaded to believe. The man also has started having faith. That's why he came out. He, his faith was quickened at home. What he's doing here was belief. Are you all following? The man had had faith already. It was the faith he had that led him out of the house. (laughs) Now you see where people, when they are supposed to be in the house of of God, they are at home. You know why? Because their faith is not quickened. What's happening? (laughs) I don't know how I feel. (laughs) That was before the pandemic. The smallest twinkle on their throat, they are not coming to service. (laughs) it's funny meanwhile people who were sick if they can't even show up they will carry them to where Jesus is I know what you tell me Jesus is my house okay started out with him Jesus said to him I will come and heal him did you notice that? but the centurion said Lord listen to this I am not worthy to come to you uh, for you to come under my roof sorry but just say the word, and my servant will be what? Healed. That's his faith. He's telling Jesus what he already saw. After he saw who Jesus was, he felt he wasn't worthy to have him come in to his yes. house. And what did he see? Let's see what he saw. Let's see the Jesus he saw. Now, the Jesus this guy saw was not that one that was walking the street. It wasn't that one he was just talking to right away. He saw something bigger than that guy. Remember the woman at the well. He said, Sir, I perceive you're not just an ordinary man, you're not just a Jew, you're a prophet. I, I, and there's the discussion with on. Sir, you know what? Now that I'm talking to you, I, I, I remembered that the Messiah is coming. M- maybe it's Jesus said, I that speak to you, I am he. <laughs> the woman dropped her bucket and ran. Sir, so was right? Are you following? When you see Jesus like you've never seen him before, that's the beginning. So here's what he said in verse 9. For I also am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. You notice, physically, Jesus was a carpenter. That's the highest he was, physically. But this man is telling him, Sir, the person I see, even though you're standing in front of me with this robe, but I see you in the spirit realm as a general. That's faith. He saw an ordinary Jewish man physically, but in the spirit he said, let me tell you who I'm seeing. It's not you. You are just a human cloak over something. You know, I see a general and I know what generals do because I too am a top military officer. And I say to this guy, to one of my guys, this one, Go. And what? He goes. And to another, do what? Come. He comes. That's what we do in the military. And you are of heaven's military. You are the commander in chief. Ask Joshua. That's the guy Joshua asks. I say, are you for us or against us? He said, neither for you nor for them. But as the commander of the host of the Lord's army, have I come? This guy, though Gentile, is seeing the same person Joshua had seen 5,000 years earlier. Come on, give him a clap. Give him a clap. And to my slave, do this. And what? He does, he does it. <laughs> why is he saying this? That's why I say, if you ask the provision known as healing to go to my house, he will go. Did you understand that? Okay. If you don't believe what I say, let's hear how Jesus evaluated the situation. Are you ready? What did Jesus say? Now, when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following him, Truly, I say to you, I have not found what? Such what? Come on now, media. Such what? Not just faith. Great what? Faith. With anyone where? They are the ones who are supposed to believe, but they are not believing. Now, a Gentile is believing. So you don't wait for your neighbor to believe before you say, okay, they believe now, let's try. This thing i do. But when I saw my neighbor. (laughs) Are you all following what I'm saying? Jesus called at faith. And because Jesus knew. So what did Jesus do? Watch what happened. Well, I I say to you that many will come from the east and west and incline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Uh But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into the outer darkness. You notice that? Lack of faith problem. In that place, there will be what? Within a nation of what teeth? Next. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go. It shall be done for you as you have what? Believed. And watch what happened. The servant was healed that very what? Moment. Watch what happened here. Did Jesus pray for the guy? What did Jesus say? Go. What? It shall be done for you as you have what? Believe. Meaning, when you saw me the way you saw me, and you were uh, 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 persuaded to believe, you received the healing. (laughs) The healing was there, and you came, and you took it, so what am I praying for you? (laughs) You know what I found out? Can I tell you this? I don't know of anybody in the New Testament who approached Jesus with faith in that way that Jesus had to lay hands or pray for anymore. Why? Because by faith, they apprehended and what appropriated. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. All right. Mark 5. Amen. Amen. Let's look at a few of them. Mark 5, quickly, 25 to 34. I'm showing you some of the innumerable, some out of the innumerable cases when people use their faith to apprehend and appropriate divine gracious provisions. And that, you have been doing it and you have to do it more. Amen? Are you Mark 5? A woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years, we, we can't overflog this case. Is that correct? And had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all. But rather, what? Had grown worse. That was an impossible situation. Is that correct? But faith is the victory that overcomes. After he, listen to that. He, listen to that. If I had time, I would be now asking you, show me the faith, show me the belief. But let's go. After hearing about Jesus. After what? Hearing about what? Jesus. That's why your testimonies are important. She hadn't met Jesus. She hasn't seen Jesus. The faith operated here through hearing. After hearing about Jesus, faith comes by what hearing and hearing by the word of God. It wasn't just an ordinary hearing that that woman had. It was a hearing of faith. I will show you why. You know why I believe it's a hearing of faith? Not just ordinary hearing. After hearing about Jesus, she what? came up in the crowd. So if I say the hearing about Jesus was the faith part, what's the next part? She believed. Where's the belief there? She came up. You have to, for you to understand the intensity of this woman's belief. She had bled for how many years? Twelve years. Now, by rough estimation, her hemoglobin or hematocrit, hemoglobin would have come down at least six expected level is supposed to be about 12. Okay? hematocrit, the same thing. And medically speaking, you must be sentenced to bed rest. You'll be cuckoo to go to a crazy crowd surrounding Jesus. Are you all following? At number one, you don't even have strength to get out of bed. You see, uh, for you to see the strength of the woman's face, she didn't have strength to come out of bed. But guess what the faith demanded? Come out of bed. Faith doesn't make you lazy. I have to tell you, faith will challenge you. Because you know why faith will challenge you? It will persuade you. What are the things you persuaded you to do? Either of two things or both. To confess or what? To act. Both of them take energy. You know talking can sap you. You don't believe that? Okay, because you're not a preacher. If not for the Holy Spirit. I mean, I've gone out and minister, minister, not even not in TLC. When I go out and minister, I stand for about three, four hours. When I come into the car, my workers are asking, Pastor, how are you able to stand? I say, I don't know, too. <laughs> there have been two exceptions. One was in Lagos one day. I was tired before we started. <laughs> and the temperature was crazy. And then I couldn't wait for... uh, And I wanted to pray general prayer. It's like people would say, no, you must... Then I began. When we began... And then there were two of these people who had the worst demons on earth. (laughs) I don't know how I got out of there. But I'm just telling you that faith and belief will propel energy in you if you don't have just put a leg out. I'm telling you practicalities. Amen? If you cannot, ask somebody to just hold you. You know the man at the gate... That got his uh, legs. He was so tired to wake up. Peter and John just gave him a hand and put him up. You see, he didn't say carry me on your back. He didn't say. No. no. Immediately they touched his hand. He stood. As he was standing, the legs started crackling. That was all he needed. Then he started hopping. James and Peter couldn't hold him anymore. But some of you would have been there. Take me now. Carry me now. Finish your walk now. Finish what you began now. That's so what you did do. If it's Nigerian or African, if it's America, what kind of guy are you? All right. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd. Listen, where? Behind him. And wisdom comes in. He knows that everybody is looking for Jesus' bosom to lie on and lean on. The woman said, I don't have time for that. He went, she went behind. <laughs> you also need wisdom. The little energy you have is not to quarrel. Hey, about the move, you're stepping on me. No, it doesn't. Some of you have precious faith, you start trouble. No, she went behind, no trouble. Okay, you guys take the front. She came behind and touched his what? Not his head, not his crown, not anywhere. Some people make trouble and lose it. He just went for the lowest parts. Are you all following yes. And touched his cloak. Watch. For she thought, here's the expression of her faith. Look at what happened inside. Huh? After she heard about Jesus, the Holy Spirit ministered to her, this is the Messiah from God. You want to be healed? Go to this guy. You want to be healed? And when you go to him, don't go looking for a hug. Just touch the back. That's what the Holy Spirit does. For she thought to herself, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. Did you see the faith that propelled her? That was what she heard from the Holy Spirit. The people spoke to her about Jesus. And the Holy Spirit took what they told her about Jesus and told her this. When people say things to you about somebody, they may add salt and pepper. And something sour salt. To destroy the person. But the Holy Spirit will tell you. I will show you a clear case after this. Are you following? I will get where. Move on. Immediately. Immediately. Without Jesus praying. Without anybody. There is power in faith and belief. Without anybody <laughs> praying. Without anybody knowing what happened. If Jesus didn't have the Holy Spirit. He wouldn't even know what happened. Immediately the flow of her blood was dried up. And she felt, felt in her body. That she was healed of her affliction. Watch immediately again Jesus perceiving listen to that. Now Jesus is also using faith. Did you notice that? <laughs> because the woman did it undercover. So Jesus didn't he didn't touch Jesus's body. He touched the gown. So there was no way Jesus could know too. It was by faith also. You know when you're ministering to people, you know yourself will walk in faith to know when they are also receiving. I do. Praise the Lord. Jesus, perceiving himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd, and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see this crowd pressing in on you. And you said, Who touched your garments? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, Aware of what had happened, by the way, that woman was not supposed to come out, especially to come near a Jewish high priest like Jesus. Okay, because she was bleeding, and came and fell down before him and told him the the what next the whole truth. Some of you would have said, "Who do you think (laughs) touched you?" Go, John. I have my healing. No, be humble. I said to her, Dora. Dora, that was the term. Dora. You know what I feel she called her Dora for? I felt she said she was a daughter of Abraham. And there was a covenant relationship between God and Abraham, whereby God vowed to Abraham that any one of your descendants that has any need, I must meet the need for offering Isaac. You have given me a tithe. So anytime any descendant of yours has any need. And when Jesus came, he told to Jesus, "Any one of Abraham's descendants that came to you with need. Abraham is my friend. You vow to me that you must take care of him or yeah. So Jesus said to her daughter, listen to that again. Your faith has what? Made you well. Meaning by the same faith you apprehended healing in me and went forward to appropriate it You are healed. The grace of healing has come upon you. Go in peace and be healed. Praise the Lord. Goodbye. We'll see you next time. Does anybody follow there? Okay, Mark chapter 10. Quickly, quickly. Mark chapter 10. Faith as a means of apprehending and appropriating our divine what? What's the provision here? In the case of Abraham, what's the divine provision? Uh, Conception. You didn't know that? You didn't know conception is a divine provision? All right, quickly. Mark uh, Mark 10, uh, 46. Quickly, let's look at that. That's a very interesting case. 46. Then they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho... With his disciples and a large crowd. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus. The son of Timaeus was sitting by the roadside. What grace do you suppose that this man need? Healing. Okay? Let's see how he got it. When he heard that it was, again, when he what? Heard that it was who? Jesus of Nazareth. That's what men told him. But the Holy Spirit gave him a revelation. It was Jesus of Nazareth, Merman. In fact, if you consider the word Nazareth there, it means he came from a village because in those days you are known by the kind of village you come from. And the village is a place where nothing good can come out from, Nazareth. So, in other words, it's Jesus from that place where nothing good can come out from. That's what they told him. If you're listening for people, other people to describe people for you, you may miss it. And this man was a physically blind man. Are you listening to me? Pay attention. He began to cry out and say, look at what he said. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Did you see, what do you see there? What do you see there? I don't have one one minute, 11 seconds. The boss is leaving. Come on. What is that? Thank you. Now you woke up. Is that faith? Now, natural senses said, Jesus of what? Nazareth. Nazareth." But the Holy Ghost said to him, Yes, he's from Nazareth as a man. But indeed, that's the Messiah, the son of David. If you want to get healed, I set him to pass through where you're sitting. So don't miss him. (laughs) Natural senses saw. A man from Nazareth, a man, man. but in the eye and he ear of faith, Spirit senses saw the Messiah, the son of David. Woo. Does anybody follow what I'm saying here? Okay. Okay. Many were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying out all the while. When faith shows you something, you have such a conviction that no devil anywhere can stop you. He kept crying all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. Next. And Jesus stopped. Woo! Call him here. Jesus said, call him here. So they called him the blind man. Saying to him, take courage. Stand up. He is calling for you. I don't want to get into that. Throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. Watch. And answering him, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni. (laughs) I want to, what, regain my sight. What did Jesus do? And Jesus said to him, go. Your faith has made you well. (laughs) Did you see a pattern? What did I tell you about patterns in the Bible? When you see it, if it's a good pattern, you do what? You follow it. Tonight, you have a way to go. If it's a negative pattern, what do you do? Put your gear on reverse. Or you make a U-turn? Are you following? Immediately he regained his sight and began. Hallelujah. Following him on the way. Galatians chapter 3. Let's go. Let's round up on Galatians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Do you see? This is not faith as a religious profession. This is not faith as faithfulness. This is faith as an apprehending and appropriating spirit sense organ. Amen? Amen. Faith as a spirit faculty of apprehension and uh, appropriation. You foolish Galatians, Galatians 3, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was what? Publicly portrayed as what? Crucified. When Paul went to Galatia and ministered to them, he presented Jesus and his finished work and their faith Held on to it. Are you all following? They saw it. That's what we did in this ministry. I lifted Jesus up and His finished work. Is that true? And that's why I tell you it is finished. Amen? Their faith saw it. A miracle started happening. But something happened. Moving on. Moving on. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? That's the question. Of course, by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you not being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, five. So then, does he who provides you with what? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what? Works what? Miracles among you. Do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? You know what the answer is, right? You're of faith. Even so, Abraham did what? Believed God and it was unto to him as what? Righteousness. Amen? Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. What's well, special about Abraham? You know how he received? That's how you're going to receive. And as you continue to receive that way, you will get faithful. Faithfulness will go on. And you know, one one of the things, you start turning away from the world, and from the flesh, and from uh, deception, and from deceit. Are you following? And begin to go after things by faith. Your righteousness begins to manifest. That's where we're going to close tonight. I don't know about you. What you challenge tonight? Huh? Okay. You know, there are trillions of examples I could give you from the Bible. How this faith enables you to apprehend and appropriate divine provisions or gracious provisions. But I think these are enough. Is that correct? So next time we go to another thing this faith does. Praise the Lord. Stand to your feet. Let's pray. Oh, dear Lord, dear Lord. I don't know how many of you are blessed here tonight. Come on. Were you blessed? (laughs) Hallelujah. Come on. You know, hallelujah. Have your eyes been opened?